Hello and welcome to CM Conversations. I'm today's host, Samir Jaffrey, and my focus here at CM Industrial is on the intra logistics and warehouse automation market. This is the next in a three part series discussing the future of smart factories and dark warehouses and their implications on industrial industries across the globe. Today I talk with Marcel van Scheindel, CEO of WSR Solutions, about the possibility of a truly autonomous dark warehouse and what this level of automation means for the future of the industry. Whether you're in the intralogistics industry and want to see where the automation growth is headed, or are intrigued by discussions around the viability of dark warehouses, then be sure to have a listen. There's also plenty of brilliant insight in my colleagues' previous episodes too, which can be found linked below this one. In the rest of the series, they cover the impact of additive manufacturing and industrial automation on the introduction of smart factories, helping us understand what's really in store ahead of introducing dark warehouses. Please subscribe to the series to be notified of these episodes and more. Here it is. Hope you enjoy listening. Hello again, Marcel. Um, yeah, I guess just to start the podcast off uh, for the purpose of it, um, if you'd like to introduce yourself, um, who you are, um, a little bit about WSR as well. Yeah, thank you, Samir. Yes, uh, good afternoon. My name is Marcel van Schijndel. I am the founder and CEO of WSR Solutions. And uh, we are active in um, in the field of uh, what we call mixed case pelletizing. Um, I guess if, for the people that may not be too aware, just give a brief, I guess, a brief overview on, on, on mixed pelletizing itself and um, on, on, on WSR's kind of involvement in that space. Yeah. So mixed case pelletizing for us means um, the optimal way of building mixed pellets that can be done manually or automatically with robots. Uh, we develop and build uh, a one-side complete cells, robotic cells, together with what we call partners. And in this case, that can be robotic manufacturers like Yaskawa uh, or Fanuk. Right. Um, to create an end-of-line total solution, including wrapping technology, including software, so complete uh, end-of-line solutions, will, which will be integrated by a majority of system integrators in their total order pick facilities. Uh, food retail organizations today, big food retail organizations need full automation solutions. And um, the mixed pelletizing technologies developed by WSR mm-hmm. are uh, used for that purpose. I see. And it, yeah, I think it's a great segue to go from um, you mentioning that the increased need of customers for automation and the topic that we're talking about today, which is the future of dark warehouses uh, within our within our market, uh, which obviously is an add-on from the overall umbrella topic of, of uh, smart factories, which we are made a podcast series about here at CM Industrial. But yeah, to kick things off, uh, Marcel, um, what is your definition of a dark warehouse? Yeah, now yeah, the example that I just uh, explained of what our core business is, mm-hmm. uh, we are part of an, uh, a big internet, a big international network of companies which create, let's say, dark warehouses where everything goes automatically. But of course, that type of warehouses has a cost, yeah? and the cost, uh, of course, is is linked to persons uh, it will eliminate people but it creates also a big burden for companies in return of investment um, 
the general idea about these large warehouses, those are not for everyone. Right. Yeah, those are mainly restricted for the companies who can afford it. And those are also the, the larger, let's say, larger food retail organizations, supermarket chains, um, yeah, companies that, uh, that uh, normally rely on a lot of people which they cannot find or that they cannot do the job anymore. Now, yeah, that change has to do, of course, with the fact that um, if you take the 3PLs and the logistics providers, companies that have multiple warehouses, yeah, they, they cannot afford that type of automation to do in every warehouse. So the market was seeking for uh, alternatives, uh, which they found uh, with the arrival of AMR technology. Yeah, smart AMR technology right. uh, makes it possible to uh, to be more flexible. To uh, don't have you don't have to invest in a system which is capable of doing top speed. Yeah, you can add these these units uh, when the need is there and remove them when it is not necessary right so these very flexible new technology makes it possible to create completely different and more efficient uh, order pick and and mixed palletizing systems which are much wider addressable and feasible for a lot more customers right um, and I think it's, it's, it's a good point you mentioned there as well on um, there not necessarily being a need for every uh, every client, every business requiring large warehouse. Of course, we've seen you know the rapid rise of micro fulfillment centers as an ex- as a perfect right. example of that as well as a way to add on to last mile delivery, but also for some smaller SMEs to to make use of this automated technology and in much smaller scales. Do you think that is something that a dark warehouse could also seamlessly work with, with uh, MFCs? Or do you think these will be limited to too much larger warehouses for, for companies that can pay that no, larger no. ROI? I think uh, this is a transition, what we are now talking about, that uh, now today, the majority is still manual. Right. Yeah, A lot of people is, is needed to do the job. Uh, throughputs and, and complexity will be added availability will be less so we need there needs something to be done um, with this new type of technology addressing to the market uh, we get uh, the possibility to offer really unique and, and good solutions which are fitting into the business case of most other companies yeah, already for uh, a lot of small businesses smaller businesses and so the name dark warehouses is related also what in my mind to uh, what other companies called as light out. Uh, lights out means, of course, um, can we put a light out in warehouses where now still people are working? Right. Uh, now, yeah, that, that phrase is not new. Lights out is already there for 15 years. Okay. But we never saw it really happening because of the Naya. There were some missing pieces in the technology required, and with with the arrival of of new type of transportation devices, uh, smart software, more clever way of of addressing certain uh, factors in warehouses. Uh, these smart factories or dark warehouses will happen more and more. Right, um, and. 
I guess just to bring it back to the kind of umbrella topic that, that we have been discussing here and, and then similar to, to the lights out topic that has been prevailing for quite a, quite a while, sorry, within the logistics industry. Um, the smart factory discussion, of course, has also been quite a prevalent one um, within um, the industrial automation industry and, of course, within the additive manufacturing um, two markets, which obviously my colleagues um, will also be covering within their podcasts. What part do you think dark warehouses will play within the larger smart factory discussion? I know we don't know uh, where everything leads to. Right. <laughs> we see uh, a trend going on that yeah, people is uh, people are uh, let's say uh, it is uh, you cannot they cannot find the people the people that they have it's very difficult to to hold on of them to right. keep the, the job interesting. Yeah. Um, of course, we all ordering much more than we did before online. Mm-hmm. Uh, that also happened then. So if we want to continue in this way, th- th- we need to change a few things. Uh, and, and one of the things to change is, of course, logistics in the warehouse itself. Yeah. Beside that, we see also a lot of issues what is outside the warehouse, but in the warehouse itself, uh, there must be some significant changes uh, because uh, now, yeah, if you want to play a role in this business, you, you have to go along. Yeah. And today, uh, automation is possible, but it is very difficult to address the right automation to the right job. Right. Uh, adding robots is not only is not really a solution. It's not a blanket uh, solution, right? Yeah, yeah. The, there are a lot of people thinking that the robots will take over jobs, but uh, <laughs> right. yeah, that's not really the case because these jobs, people are not there anymore. Yeah, and and uh, it becomes more difficult to to put robots. And the the name robot is not an articulated arm robot. The robot can be also a smart moving AMR or HV, right? Yeah, or uh, uh, something in in an automatic rack. Yeah, it's uh, but it is very challenging because a lot of new companies come to the logistics market uh, from China, from everywhere, uh, with very interesting new technology, which of course is appealing for uh, warehouse managers or company owners. To, to start investigating what this can mean for them. Okay, today, or you do it manual, or you go for full automatic. There is not much in between. Right. And now the whole spectrum of logistics can be uh, spread out to a number of solutions, which can really help you. The automation of what, what currently will be offered to the market and that will be extended in the future, gives uh, customers a much wider platform and a wider perspective on what could be possible for their operation. Yeah, and it's it's like, it's for efficiency in warehouse, create more efficiency for a a much better price, but also to to reduce labor for jobs that uh, nowadays uh, yeah, you cannot find the people anymore to do so. And these order picking of cases in warehouses, it's, you have to drive uh, or to walk tens of kilometers a day. You have to lift thousands of kilos every day. And payment is not so wonderful. Right. Yes. Huh? I, I, I do, again, to kind of counter the, the norm of 
people, you know, believing that robots are taking over jobs. I, I, I do remember us talking about how, you know, piece picking, for example, has become something that can be quite automated, but, but case picking is still a process that requires a bit of manual labor. Um, so I think with that being said, with dark houses eventually becoming the norm, what do you think the biggest challenges um, companies will face when, when attempting to implement um, dark warehouses? Um, I can only say anything about case picking because that is the market where where we are active. Right. Um, and case picking is what you said. It's it's a lot of manual work. It's it's a lot of let's say uh, physically work. Um, some people like it. Uh, you don't have to go to the sport uh, sporting uh, sports school at the end of the day because no you've need done for a gym workout. <laughs> yeah, you have done your workout several times a day. <laughs> right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, <clears throat> this this change is 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 coming, and there is not really. It's, we are still in the beginning of this. Eh? This is uh, let's say started in the last one and a half year. The 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 COVID pandemic has played a role in in uh, definitely in exceeding this yeah uh, we we are sitting more at home we ordering more online um but you already see the uh, disadvantages of the what is going on yeah and dark warehouses or lights out warehouses uh, will will happen more uh but uh, new technology still needs to be partly developed uh, to to get at that point, uh, we uh, we do a lot with with some international players. Uh, uh, we getting requests almost 10, 10 requests a week. Doesn't mean that everybody uh, will go in that direction, but we see a change that even bigger companies and global companies are asking for help in this because they also see the disadvantages of of an uh, yeah, the, the tens of the hundred millions investments uh, that they need to do with the current technology. Right, which is another good point. I think you mentioned before the, the higher ROI as well. I mean, do, do you see the market already combating that with, you know, um, robot as a subscription or software as a subscription services to in order to alleviate that um, that wariness around, around cost? Now, yeah, cost is a very important part of uh, return on investment of, let's say, the plan for the factory of the future. Yeah, everything is driven by cost. Uh, but for now, it costs them, those companies, much more if they cannot uh, bring the, the goods to the customer. Right. Yeah. Point, <clears throat> and, yeah. But if you, if you see that... Uh, really big automation projects that cost like more than 100 million right uh, they they probably will have a return on investment never right uh, and they still need to do so because manually it's not possible anymore you need automation to handle this amount of 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 capacity uh, and next to the capacity uh, it is also that customers getting more demanding yeah, distribution centers in specific they have to service supermarkets supermarkets has different demands how they will to uh, to receive their goods yeah and next to the fact that you your volumes become higher the complexity also adds that makes everything really difficult to do so so 
and there are there are solutions for that, but these are really costive, costly, and and that of course has an effect on the return on investment. So I I I see an an an, an rising possibility for for companies to uh, to really think over uh, the type of technology that uh, they want to use. Yeah, and also that the new technology that needs to be developed in the ne in the next years, and, and dark warehouses will become, I think, a much more reality, uh, which I think is also positive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. AMR AMR technology, robotic technology is is, yeah. Uh, five years ago there were maybe two or three players. Now right. there are fifty players. Right. Yeah, and um, but mostly they are implemented in factories where they only do a simple job, uh, transport from A to B. Right. But if we address this same technology with some clever software in order pick areas, yeah, or in let's say goods to person solutions, yeah, then there are multiple possibilities there that will increase the uh, reality of dark warehouse. And and do you think we're seeing that already with some you know uh, some exciting robotic startups? I, I guess you know like Geek Plus, like High Robotics, implementing um, case picking yep. robots, which you know like do more than just your traditional point A to point B transport, but are actually scaling <clears throat> vertical uh, racks and shelves in order to um, pick items and then obviously go on further to take them into containers and um, yep. uh, um, cartons. Um, but I think, like like you said, it is more a case of companies identifying the the, the niche areas that are required for robotics, um, and all of that being a positive impact into the adoption rate of dark warehouses. Um, but Marcel, if we're being honest, how far do you think we are from dark warehouses becoming the norm within the industry? And I know you mentioned already that the large majority of of players within the market still operate on a manual um, on a manual basis in terms of picking and placing. So. You know, with that being the reality, how far do you think we are from from dark warehouses? No, I think that will take some time, to mm -hmm. be honest, because yeah, we said before, 10, 11 percent of the the world is is automated. The rest is manual. Uh, don't forget countries like South America, Asia. Right. <clears throat> yeah. The the cost, the high cost of automation is a reality also that. Uh, now, yeah, this new technology is coming to the market, but it always takes several years to really be established as, as let's say, proven technology. Uh, um, but for sure, it will happen if it is already happening in, and that is the norm, eh? is the happening. It already is starting in this way. There are multiple, much more warehouses now redesigned towards, um, let's say, half light warehouses or half dark warehouses right but the last step is basically only meant to be that customers must be confident that everything works perfectly without that they go to bed without worries <laughs> yeah now yeah it is also much more addressable and controllable like if right. you have a fully automatic warehouse with millions of technology when something happens, uh, the impact is much bigger than if uh, two AMRs will drop out. 
Yeah? And you can you can basically solve the issue within a few minutes. Yeah, that that is the reality also with with this new technology, which helps the fact that dark warehouses will be a, a much quicker reality than a lot of people uh, expect. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> yeah, we also see that in our own development processes. Uh, what I already said, the inquiries from the market are much more. Uh, the awareness that you can do this type of applications with different technology is not there yet. Uh, most companies are really surprised that uh, you can do, uh, you can offer a solution which is only a tenth of the value, but it can three times do the volume right. than before, uh, which is possible. But it's. Uh, not saying it will take 10 years, but I think uh, you still need to do a few years in that direction. Yeah, and I think you raise an interesting point about there still being necessary software developments that, that need to yeah. happen, necessary um, software advancements that need to happen before we do get to that stage. Um, where do you think within that um, that point specifically is is holding us back? Um, to an even quicker adoption of, of dark warehouses. Now, yeah. the, uh, the the availability of people to do the work in the warehouse, one thing. The availability right. of people, of clever people, that has to develop the software to 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 do that. Right. That's a big, bigger challenge. Yeah. So finding right guys or right persons to uh, uh, for the job of of a software developer. Uh, is is also becoming a bigger challenge. Uh, there are a lot of recruitment bu bureaus sorting and searching, and some sometimes I think there are more recruiters than than people available. <laughs> uh, but finding those those specialists, yeah, is also a big challenge. Right. Uh, and uh, so. We also tried to do this, and we, we the first step was let let's go local because we want people to be close by. Yeah, now yeah, um, <clears throat> it's fairly impossible to find people local that can do the job. Right. Otherwise, that then you have to hire people that you still train in your own organization. Yeah, but um, I think also that uh, companies with a multicultural um, employee uh, will be also more common. Yeah? The, we're getting our foot everywhere in the world. I think that will also happen with 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 employees yeah? and and uh, uh, developers. Do you think we've seen that a little bit already during the pandemic, where um, you know, even in my experience, talking to companies that um, similar to yourself, that were looking for for local talent. Um, which could really uh, solve the issues. But then when it did come down to the actual qualities that they were requiring, um, they were finding more success internationally. Um, and because of, of, of the increased, you know, trend and comfortability of working from home, you're already seeing this kind of growing interconnectivity multinationally. Yeah, no, yeah that's, that's, that's the whole deal. It is exactly what it meant. Um, right. Today, we are also very comfortable doing online meetings by Teams right. or other platforms. Uh, no, there are companies they they no, yeah. <clears throat> you, 
you don't go to the company anymore. If you come, it's maybe once a year to to get to the your Christmas present. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that was also before the pandemic, unusual. Right. Uh, a company can only exist when people are in doing the job in the company. Now, yeah, we all learned that there is an alternative, right. and that extends, of course, also in now. Yeah, does it really matter that your colleague colleague is working from the UK or from Ukraine or from Russia or or Japan or whatever? Time frames is of course something else, but. Mm -hmm. I think that will also play a role in in the, the availability of a global presence of uh, of of where your your teams are located. Yeah, was was until now always related to big companies that with international networks, uh, but that that is also a big change. So I think at the end. Uh, this whole pandemic is, of course, um, let's say a bad thing, but it addresses also a few things that needed to be changed. Yeah? And I think the change is is already set in motion. And I think that is uh, also a good thing. Yeah, I think we, we definitely, you know, opened our eyes to other ways of working and other ways of adapting to um, something like the pandemic, which I think, like you said, you know, we, we wouldn't have thought of if, if it wasn't um, a case of having to adapt to it. Um, no, but easy I think to maintain what we know. Yeah. Exactly. Yes, it's easy to stay within your comfort zone. Um, yep. So, yeah, no, you definitely do need a bit of a push outside of that to start thinking of creative ways to collaborate. Um, but I think to a point that you talked about a little bit before, and it'll be good to just get a bit more of an in-depth um, analysis of, um, how do you think that this uh, this move towards a mechanized manufacturing or, or light off warehousing will impact hiring going forward? I mean, you know, just uh, last week or two weeks ago, I put out a poll on LinkedIn um, asking, you know, my network on the biggest trends and challenges we'll see this year. And, you know, by far and large, labor shortages were, were still the talk of the town from the respondents. So, you know, with that still being the case and automation being seen as a solution to that, how do you think um, hiring will be impacted going forward? And as we are going into this, this trend of a fully lights off warehouse? Uh, yeah, it's a difficult question. <laughs> yeah, like I'm not an, uh, an uh, I'm not a predictor of the future. Uh, we see we see um, change, yeah, but um, change is also uh, sometimes it goes very slow. Yeah, um, said. Will be there an, an, a norm of, of uh, dark warehouses soon to arrive? I, I think the the change is, is set. The 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 uh, the how you, the quantity of, of of the speed where it will be happening is something else. Well, this is all new now. We sit. We are, everybody is searching for different ways of working. Um, uh, but we also have to be realistic. Uh, even an, an, a simple exchange or a, a re redesign of a warehouse into a dark warehouse uh, will take at least a year. Uh, right. We also have something else. What is happening now is this whole um, availability of, of chips and materials. Uh, what's also adding to this whole uh, spectrum, which slows down processes. 
Yeah. Um, I've heard stories about uh, companies that uh, want to install all system and cannot do it because they are waiting for one motor. And that motor is important because otherwise the whole system doesn't work. Right, yeah, the, the, the supply chain issues. Have been the supply to, chain issues yes. is, is also something to, uh, yeah, and this whole chip, we have a big uh, chip manufacturing in Holland, ASML. Right. Yeah, that that uh, says also in, an, in a news story that I read that uh, it was a surprise by everybody. Nobody had expected that the demand grew that big, that fast. Right. Yeah, and nowadays, I think 40 billion, 40 billion uh, type of, of equipment, of, of tools that we use uh, uh, in our daily presence have chips. Oh, wow. It's yeah, becoming and, much more of a commodity than anything else. Yeah, but, but five years ago, it was only 10 billion. Right. So there is a growth in, in a lot of stuff. Um, right. Um, yeah, I to go back to the last question because that was a long question. Can you repeat? <laughs> yes, I mean, in short, um, I just wanted to know how you think um, the hiring needs will be impacted um, yeah. as we go towards this, you know, fully automated future. Yeah, now hiring having equipment or having solutions there is nice but you still need people to support it to to build it to maintain it um, and those people to find those people becomes also a challenge uh, the same thing as what is happening in the world um, we are in our comfort zone what we know we have to change our way of thinking in that area um, People need to, need to be educated or people want to, uh, let's say, uh, reschedule their education and wants to go in a different direction. Also, in that area, it is very difficult to find these people, these, these specialists that you need. Yeah? And you have to extend your search in, in, a, in a much wider area. So uh, we we are facing the same thing. On one side, we need more people. On the other side, we don't have time to spend on it because we have so many others to do. Right. Yeah. And uh, so there must be somewhere decision-making process where they say, okay, uh, that is the priority number one, because if we don't have these people in a certain amount of time, we cannot do this. Um, but, the general world has changed here. So right. we need to change. Yeah. We need to go out of our comfort zones and um, look at processes in a different way. And, uh, yeah. And have you seen um, any success, I guess, in um, upskilling uh, and the workers you have right now, training them to, to be a little bit more specialized, you know, for example, towards software development as a way to challenge the... Um, the lack of you know specialist workers that we are seeing in the marketplace. Now, yeah, take an example of what we do with Geek Plus. At Geek Plus, uh, we work directly with Chinese headquarters for okay. the global market. So basically, we in our software developing team, uh, this is not developing. They do some development, and we do some development. But basically, we have a lot of Chinese colleagues now. Right. Yeah, the majority doesn't speak English. Yeah, and uh, still the uh, 
the people on the floor and uh, the customer and everyone else is those are the people that needs to know how it should work. Right. Yeah. So it is a different challenge. I think a year ago we wouldn't say that. Oh, let let's start this because. Uh, uh, now, yeah, we tried it many years before. Uh, we've we tried to find partners who can do this, or we try to find people to to be part of this in our own, let's say, country. Uh, it's it's fairly impossible to find. Yeah, and um, for that, uh, yeah, there is a challenge there. I also see also a big challenge for recruitment companies to address the same topics and to see how how they can help in this yes i think that the, the biggest thing we've been seeing is you know the need for companies um for for more specialized software um developers and software integrators and 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 the biggest challenges for companies that that you know do work with ourselves um on a recruitment capacity is finding um people locally specifically that that can really fill that need um, and quite often, as you rightly mentioned, the solution being for, for those companies to be a little bit more adaptable to kind of the global requirement and being a little more in tune with which countries are producing those certain type of individuals. And of course, that, that can be easier said than done at times. Um, but I know you mentioned as well with, with WSR at the moment, um, having that difficulty finding, um, you know, really special software guys and having to train up in, internal employees to do so. Now, yeah, the thing is with our our core business has to do with mixed belt You need special algorithm software, which is now, yeah, very unique software. And not a lot of companies have that. Yeah, it's a handful of companies. And right. the whole world wants something now that has really based on, on what we can do, which is interesting. But um, to identify the type of people that you need, you can, of course, list a whole list of, of, of special details, what somebody needs to do. But if you look at what our, our, let's say, the guys that now work in our premises or that we know are specialists in this field, uh, one is a baker, uh, the other one has studied uh, uh, a total different job than what he does. Right. Yeah, so this, this skill set of to find these pearls let's say, uh, that you need, uh, requires also a different search into the market. Uh, and uh, if people in India or in, in other companies uh, are addressed to the fact that they are good in this, uh, or you have to bring them over, support the whole family, what big, big company does, doing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have the ability to do so, then uh, yeah, today's new setting with the globalization of and working from home and all that kind of stuff will be beneficial, I think, for a lot of more people that want to go in this direction. I agree. I think that that is a solution um, for for the exact situation you mentioned there, where there is a need for to, to fill a certain requirement um, within the business and the appropriate individuals that that can fit yeah, that role, needing a bit of flexibility from from the bigger companies, needing a bit of adaptability to do so as well. And okay. uh, more importantly, Marcel, thank you again so much for for taking the time to talk about all things dark warehouses and and really setting. Um, you know your viewpoint on on where the future holds which you know in my opinion it, it did seem to be quite a positive one um 
And we, we really do look forward to seeing where this industry does take us um, in, in the later. I think in the, uh, in the next years or year, you will see a lot of changes in that direction. Um, I think that that that'll be the uh, that'll be the exciting thing to see. I think come 2022, 2023, and um, start seeing the the foundations that that'll be um, placed in in order to kind of reach that 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 dark warehouse future. Um, but again, Marcel, thank you so much for your time. It was a pleasure to to sit down and have this discussion. And um, yeah, I look forward to both catching up some time and discussing. I mean, the next year or so, how much closer we are to a dark warehouse future. So that was my CM conversation with Marcel Van Scheindel, CEO of WSR Solutions. I'd like to thank Marcel again for his time and the insight he provided on this fascinating topic. I hope anyone who is interested in any of the topics we discussed during the podcast could gain some insight from his role in the industry. If you'd like to hear more insight from industry leaders on what the future of smart factories and dark warehouses really mean for future logistics or manufacturing industries, then please subscribe to the podcast and tune into the full three-part series. Thank you again for listening. I've been your host, Samir Jaffrey. Bye for now.